Good morning and welcome to the Bangor Viking Press radio show on Super Hits 103.7 Cozy FM sponsored by the Bangor Banking Center, a division of Sturgis Bank and Trust Company, Landers Hardware, and Bangor Public Schools. I'm Spencer Rivers along with Lynn Johnson, superintendent of Bangor Public Schools. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Spencer. How are you doing this morning? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I understand you wanted to go over some uh, fall enrollment uh, statistics or something like that? Yeah, you know, people always wonder how things are going, and you have that big, uh, you know, fall push with your enrollment and your fall count, which kind of sets your finances and your budget for the year to come. You know, it's weird. You always have to have an adopted budget or put in by the end of June Mm. of the school year, so say... This year's 2019-2020 budget had to be put and presented and approved by the board by the end of June of 2019. And then you don't even know what your funding really is going to be until you have your fall count, which is in October. And then it takes another 30-plus days to verify and certify attendance, enrollment, that everybody was there, who was absent, did they come back. It's a long process. So it's so hard for school districts to really plan, you know, when you don't even know. And then we had the uh, the state budget was on in limbo for so long mm. and everything, you know. So unfortunately, you, you kind of do anticipate what your increase of students is going to be, what your decrease in students going to be, how much anticipated income are you going to get any raise or not per pupil from the state of Michigan. So it's a real hard, almost guessing game. So if you lose students during the, do you have to send the money back or anything? You don't get it yet. That's what the thing is. You, oh. you don't start getting your, your um, new budget till October, October oh, 1st. Okay. okay. You know, so, so you just kind of forecast, you know. So we've, in the past couple of years, always want to budget for, say, you know, I think this year we budgeted for a loss of approximately 15 students. We also, you know, you heard the the talk, would you get, you know, an extra $120 a student this year in the new state budget? Would you get a 240 Would you get 280 There was so much speculation, nobody even knew what you were going to get. Hmm. So we were able to actually, we forecasted that we were going to lose 15 students. So we budgeted for that amount of less hmm. revenue. And then we also played it safe, and we budgeted for a zero increase for the state. Mm. So, you know, when you look at that, it's like, wow, you know, we don't want to have any surprises and have to make cuts or things of that nature. Well, the good thing is we had our uh, annual audit on the end of last school year's finances and where we finished as of June 30th, and that will be presented Monday night to the Board Board of Education, but... The nice thing is, over the last couple of years, we've uh, we've been able to tighten our belt. We've been able to cut things that we didn't need. Um, we've had changes of with retirements and and things of that nature um, by salary scales and so forth. We've gone from when we were in 2015-16 school year, we were in a what was called a deficit reduction. We had less than five percent of our total budget. Um, total operating expenses in in a general fund, you know, in our rainy day fund. And so over the last few years since then, we worked very diligently. And it, great to say that our audit came out, that we had the, the pre-audit review with our uh, 
auditors two weeks ago with the finance committee. And all, the full audit will be given to the Board of Education Monday night at the board meeting. Um, but we have finished the 18-19 school year with 11.4% fund equity. Mm. So we've gone from less than 5% to over a, just to about 11.5% over the last three and a half, four years. And which, you, you've been able to make significant improvements in the school as well. On top of doing that, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've been able to shift and, you know, use grants and reallocations. And, you know, um, we've had retirements. When you have somebody that retires at a certain pay scale and you bring somebody in at a lower pay scale, you know, because of years of experience or you, that's a time when you look at, do we even need this position that is really available? So we, we've been very diligent and, uh, and I'm proud of the school district, the staff, our, our business and finance department and everybody that we've been able to move in this direction. Wow. You know, so um, it's been a lot of hard work, but uh, we still got things, to, ways to go. But, you know, I'm glad to see that forecast of where we've come. Taking that into account now, we, for this school year, we budgeted for a loss of students. And we budgeted for no increase from the Department of Ed. So when you budget for a loss of 15 students, our actual enrollment um, that has been certified now by the state of Michigan we are up 22 students oh compared my. to where we were last year. So our enrollment has swung up. We also, then you add 15 that you budget to not have, that's a swing of 37 total students for your state federal aid that we, or state aid that you mm-hmm. budgeted for. We also budgeted for no increase from the Department of Ed you know, because we weren't sure with the speculation and have just found out that we're going to uh, be receiving approximately $240 additional per student this year. That's wonderful. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what our 1920 final audit will be at the end of June of this year. You know, we're moving in the right direction financially, enrollment-wise, and so forth. And uh, again, I just wanted to say thank you to all of our staff and community that's involved, been involved of help making this happen. What do you attribute the increase in students to? I think part of it is, you know, we've just uh, leveled off some of our um, migrants that leave, for one thing. Second, we have a shared partnership with a uh, parochial school now where we offer a couple mm. classes to them as far as art and PE. Um, and I think, you know, seeing some stabilization of what we're doing in the school, we've got a lot of great things that have been happening. Now we're trying to ref- refine them, you know, and um, we offer things that some other districts in the surrounding area are not able to offer or do not offer. So um, we're trying to make sure that the, our students are, you know, wanting to come to school, wanting to be there, wanting to be involved. We're doing a lot of work this year now on our curriculum and alignment and um, improving our overall proficiency and growth in our in our educational aspect of it. So it's just beggars been a great area great facilities and stuff and now we're being able to get the positive word out there that's great all righty let's take our first break you're listening to the bangor viking press radio show on super hits 103.7 cozy fm sponsored by the bangor banking center a division of sturgis bank and trust company landers hardware and bangor public schools spencer rivers along with lynn johnson we'll be right back 
Welcome back to the uh, Bangor Viking Press radio show on Super Hits, 103.7 Cozy FM, sponsored by the Bangor Banking Center, a division of Sturgis Bank and Trust Company, Landers Hardware, and Bangor Public Schools. Spencer Rivers, along with uh, Lynn Johnson, who is the superintendent of Bangor Public Schools, and uh, you want to talk about uh, some teacher training, is that right? Yeah, you know, every year you see every district, they have... Um, half days or no school days because they have what's called professional development. We have to provide X amount of hours a year for them to keep their um, teaching certification up to date. And it can be through, you know, locally based training and um, professional development. It can be through college courses or attending conferences and so forth. And so we've been working with our teaching staff and union for the last year or so. And so this year we focused on most of our training is focused on what's called developing professional learning communities Mm. or PLCs as they're better off known in the education department. And what they are is, you know, not just coming to school, teaching a subject, moving through the curriculum and you get it or you don't get it. And, you know, the way that, traditional education has worked well professional learning communities it involves much more than that it takes more in-depth look at what our students are doing how we can support them in the classroom and it'll, it'll involve building teams either at grade level content area so you your your um, fourth grade teachers might all be working together in training um, whereas you get to the middle school and high school you might your math departments your English departments science departments and there's sp- specific goals that you should be looking for when you're running a true professional learning community and um, what we're working on now is training the staff to look at some of these areas of these four questions that we want to ask and answer for our students. And the first one is, what do we want our students to know when they come to our class? You know, that's your core content. But instead of also just looking at the content standards that the state puts out, what are identifying those most essential core content is most essential standards. You know, these are the absolute must-haves as we work through the curriculum this year. So what do we want the kids to know? Second question is, how do we know that they know it? You know, mm-hmm. so we teach it, but then we test and then, okay, you got an A, B, C, D, or an F, you know, okay, let's go to the next unit. Um, and you might have three or four different teachers teaching the same subject, and they might be assessing it in four different ways. So your teacher oh, might have okay. it one way. I might think you got it another way. So what we're developing in these professional learning communities also is what's called common formative assessments. How do we know? We, they're not huge final exams. They're not unit tests, but smaller assessments at the end of the learning day or the end of the learning week of who's getting what we're talking about and who's not. I see. You know, because, you know, the traditional way is here it is. I've presented it. Take notes. Study. We assess you. Let's go to the next unit. But what if 80% of the kids aren't ready for the next unit? What are we doing? So that's the third question. What do we do when they don't know it? How do we look at that? And that's where you bring in, you'll hear a lot of uh, acronyms that you hear all the time is MTSS, multi-tiered support systems. And there's different levels, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier one, they're pretty close. Tier two needs more intervention. Tier three needs a lot of interventions and uh, remediation. So after we've 
put out what we want them to know. We find out, do they know it or not? Now what do we do for those that don't know it? We can't just keep moving you forward. Right. We have right. to, as a class or as a teacher and as a student, be able to master these areas so we can continue to move forward. So differentiate in your classroom, you know. And the fourth one is, what do we do for the ones that already do know it? You know, mm -hmm. you get in that balance, which is very hard. We we have a tendency to move thirty kids all at the same pace. When oh yeah, there might be ten that absolutely just ace it and know it, but we got to teach to the other twenty. So now the ten are like, wow. I know this, I'm bored. Or we move the other 20 with a 10 that know it, and then they just fall farther and farther. And it might be as much as just spending an extra day on one particular topic, and then it clicks. Mm -hmm. So what we'll be doing with this training is, you know, we're developing these essential standards. We're developing these formative assessments. We're developing the level different tiers of support for those that don't know, and we're developing the accelerated piece for those that do. And then how do we make it all mesh in a classroom? And how do we then, we're using our planning periods, we're using our um, staff meeting times, we're using our professional development to take that data that these teachers have designed from these previous three questions to make sure all of our students are starting to learn, you know, at a better pace. So it's a more tailored approach. Yes, okay. yes, exactly, because you want to have incentives. You want to know um, sometimes where kids just stop functioning is because they're not getting a concept. And once they get that concept, boom, you know, the light bulb goes on. I'll take our, we're um, piloting a part of this in one of our ninth grade English classes this year. And I think of a, a unit that we just recently completed, um, our ninth grade teacher, Mrs. Newman, um, where they had to write a research paper on empathy. And they had to go out and interview somebody, you know, and about a struggle they had in their life that they've dealt with. And normally when you think of that, what do you do in school? You write the paper, you do a little research, you do the interview, um, you hope your grammar and spelling are right, you turn it in and the teacher gets the red pen out. Mm -hmm. Okay, you should have had this here. This is your pronunciation. This is your grammar, so forth. You know, and there's a red letter grade. A, mm -hmm. B, C, D. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> now let's go to the next. Here's our next thing. We're gonna do something else after this research paper. Well. This year, she took her kids, they did that, but then they worked through and made their corrections as they were working through it. So, you know, the rough draft, you know, and so forth. And then as the corrections came back and the paper was finished, that wasn't the end of the class. That wasn't the end of the assignment. They took those assignments then and they each got on a device, whether it was a computer or their phone or a tablet or a Chromebook, and they told that story in a podcast. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So now they had to present what they did to an audience. You know? And it had some meaning to it. It didn't, I just didn't write a paper. Mm -hmm. I didn't just get a marked up red lettered piece of paper back saying, this is what you knew, this is what you didn't know. They really put pride into what they're doing because then they had to read their paper that was graded and tell that story in a two to three minute podcast. Wow. 
I wonder if that was a little nerve-wracking for some of the kids. You know what? The participation and the overall grades went up because mm. the kids, the students felt that they had some ownership in it now. They weren't just oh, okay. giving it to you to critique me as a grade. They were also being able to share it to anybody that wanted to log on and hear the story that they had to tell. So they actually got very excited. They, you could see them working on it. I'd stop in there and, you know, a, a student would record it and then come back and put their headphones on and listen to it and like, oh, I don't like how that sounds. Oh. And go back and redo it, you know, and oh, I should have, you know, stopped here and paused here, you know, so... I commend the teacher for how she changed that. She put a little bit of project-based learning in. She put some of this that we've been teaching them. She got the students all now to not feel like, I'm doing this for nothing. You're going to read it and it's over. Mm -hmm. What they did now, that work is there for anybody that wants to see or hear it. Wow. And, you know, the, the average grade went up tremendously from previous years of doing a project similar to that without that podcast piece. Wow, that's great. So, All right, it's time for us to take another break. You're listening to the Bangor Viking Press radio show on Super Hits, 103.7 Cozy FM, sponsored by the Bangor Banking Center, a division of Sturgis Bank and Trust Company, Landers Hardware, and Bangor Public Schools. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with our final segment of the Bangor Viking Press radio show on Super Hits, 103.7 Cozy FM, sponsored by the Bangor Banking Center, a division of Sturgis Bank and Trust Company, Landers Hardware, and Bangor Public Schools. I'm Spencer Rivers, along with Lynn Johnson, superintendent of Bangor Public Schools. And you have some veterans programs coming up, I understand. Yes, Monday, you know, Monday's... November 11th is mm -hmm. Veterans Day, and our school has always put on a veterans program for a number of years. Um, this year will be no different. Um, so the program begins at 9 a.m. in the high school gymnasium, but I've got a brief outline of what's going to be going on that day. Um, beginning at 8.30, um, we'll have a meet and greet of all of our visiting veterans in the high school cafeteria, coffee, juice, donuts, things of that nature. At nine o'clock, our students will be uh, released from classes, middle school, high school, to the uh, gymnasium. Following that, at approximately 9.10, the colors will be presented by the Bangor Boy Scouts and following, um, the veterans will follow them into the gymnasium. Immediately after will be the playing of the Star Spangled Banner by our high school band. I'll be op giving opening remarks and an introduction of all the veterans that are in attendance, so please sign in and let me know that you're there and what branch of the service you or a family member had served in. We have a great um, military songs video of the five different branches of the uh, oh. um, service. Mr. John Heisinger will be doing a presentation of the 13 folds to the American flag and explaining what each of those folds represents. After that, we'll have a presentation of, and our po poster contest winners by Mrs. Stephanie Fletcher. We have students in the middle school and high school do um, Veterans Day posters and stuff, and we always have a judging and contest of those where we award prizes to the students for their presentations. Um, musical um, pieces, again, by our high school band and choir. Um, the Sullivan Baulu letter will be written or read by one of our high school students, Jennifer Garcia. Two of our 
high school band members Carter Hall and Leo Puga will be playing of the taps. We'll have a guest speaker that will be speaking to all of our veterans, a tribute video, and then our fifth graders will be singing Thank You Soldiers. Um, There will be a poem read by Dylan Simpson, presentation of donations by Stephanie Fletcher to the Our Vets of Battle Creek, because we've done some fundraisers to support the Vets Hospital in Battle Creek for Thanksgiving and Christmas for dinners and gifts. Another uh, Let Freedom Ring will be performed by our band department i'll offer some closing remarks we'll dismiss everybody and then we will have uh refreshments honoring our veterans in the high school library so it's a fantastic program um, we encourage veterans and their families to come about 8 30 meet for a gathering in the cafeteria have some light refreshments beforehand um, this is open to the public friends, families, veterans, veterans' families, and not just to Bangor. Anybody from Southwest Michigan that would like to participate in this are more than welcome. I just ask that if they would like to be there, I would like to know their name and their uh, branch of service that was served, so that way I have their information during introductions. Okay, it's Monday at... Monday. The program begins at 9 a.m. in the high school gymnasium, but we're encouraging veterans and families to be to the high school cafeteria by 8.30 so we can go over um, who's there and so I can introduce everybody and get the correct names and correct spellings, <laughs> correct uh, branch of service. You know, we'll be done about 10, 10 15, and then dismissed into the auditor or the uh, high school library for um, refreshments afterwards. And just, I want to thank Mrs. Stephanie Fletcher, our high school parapro, and Mr. Dan Thorbjornson, who have spearheaded this project for a number of years. They do a fantastic job, and what a great way to honor our veterans on Veterans Day. All righty. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Bangor Viking Press radio show on Super Hits 103.7 Cozy FM, sponsored by the Bangor Banking Center, a division of uh, Sturgis Bank and Trust Company, Landers Hardware, and Bangor Public Schools. Have a nice weekend.